1: it's a simple question, are you listening to God? Which begs the question, is he talking to you? Let's talk about that next, here on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. From Valley Bible Church, right here in Hercules, hi there. We welcome you to our program today. It's Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. And we're focusing once again on Hebrews 12, verses 18 through 29. The question is, are you listening to God? He is indeed speaking to you and I. In fact, you can find everything he is saying right here in his word. So what's he saying to you? Are you listening? With more and the challenge to listen to God as he speaks. Here's Pastor Phil.
2: Once we lose any confidence in this book, it's over. Sell this place and give it to somebody that does. I don't want to be just in the people business. I want to be in the Word of God business. This is what's going to last right here. Valley Bible didn't grow on slick methods. We didn't even consult anybody. We just consulted God. The Bible, the Spirit, and those elect people who love the Word of God. That's why we're still here. But we've got an age that they don't know if the Bible speaks to you anymore. I read a a quote from J.I. Packer about the Word of God. He said, today the mass of our churches no longer feel sure about the Word of God. And as the outside world observes us, they see us going from gimmick to gimmick and stunt to stunt like so many drunks in a fog, not knowing at all where we are or which way we should be going. Preaching is hazy, heads are muddled, hearts fret, doubts drain our strength, uncertainty paralyzes our action. The truth is, we have grieved the spirit. And God has withheld the spirit where his word has not been esteemed. We stand under divine judgment. For two generations and more, our churches have suffered from a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. For us, too, the word of God is in a real sense being lost. Do you listen to God? He said to the churches of Asia Minor seven times. Seven times. He Who has an ear to hear, hear me. Well, I think the congregation had physical ears. He's talking about spiritual perception. Do you know what God is saying? Do you know? He tells them, you better put your hope in that which cannot be shaken. And it's not America. It's not Trump, and it's sure not Hillary. God forbid, this is what we're trusting. The political system has just gone bankrupt. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. Now, if you're listening to God... You'll do what he tells you, and he brings an application. He just, he just screeches up. He said, Everything's going to pass. He just comes into verse 28. He says, Therefore, let me tell you what you ought to be doing. Let me tell you what you ought to be doing. Look at verse 28. This is how we ought to be responding. Therefore, let us be griping. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. You're reading it. Therefore, let us be thankful. It's really the word grace is the actual word. It's not the word Eucharist. It's just grace. Let us have an attitude of gratitude. And sometimes translated things, but it's the idea of we're living out with gratitude. You can't live with gratitude if you think you deserve everything God's given you. Pride makes you think you deserve everything you get. Be glad, honey, you're not getting everything you deserve. If you got everything you deserve, you're not going to heaven. You ought to be serving God with a grateful heart. Are some of you mad at God? Bitter towards God? God has disappointed you because it didn't go your way? You know, sometimes I'm afraid we picture the Christian life as, well, become a Christian, but it's really hard. You know what's really hard? It's just being a human being. I find out even unsaved people get headaches. They, they actually have doctors for unsaved people. They're healthy. They actually get cancer. But you make it out with some Christians, why us? It's a part of humanity. Well, some unsafe folks have nicer kids than you got. How can that work out? I don't know. But they do. But they also have kids that break their heart. That's good making everything that's negative because I'm a Christian. You're just human. Christians' teeth, their teeth rot too. They need a good dentist. Well, Lord, I thought I was saved. Not completely. You got to get a glorified body because the one you got, you're wearing out. And everybody over 60 said, Amen. When you meet with that crowd, what are you taking? What are you doing? It's just, it's part of our humanity, not a part of whether you're saved or not. Unsaved bury parents, unsaved have heartaches. It's a part of life. And if you don't know that, you haven't buried anyone close to you yet. But you will. You will. And he says, we ought to be serving God that's spoken to us in Christ, delivered us, we have escaped, and delivering us from that which shall be removed, because our names are inscribed in heaven. Then, he said, we ought to be grateful, for we've received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. It's not going to pass away. It's eternal. Thank God. Build your hope on things eternal. Hold to God's unchanging hand. And then he goes on. And thus let us offer to God acceptable worship. Now, is all worship acceptable? Why would he put in acceptable? Let me ask you a question. I mean, just don't raise your hand. Do you think you worship God acceptably? Your worship. The idea of acceptably there is with reverent fear. He goes on to the word reverence. They're used interchange with a um, reverent fear. You know, I just sh- share my bias. Is that okay? You better believe it. I, I, I was just at a church, and, and the prep thing is... Uh, You're bringing your Starbucks coffee. They got cement floors, so if you spill it, it's okay. And uh, a lot of places, you just set up tables. You're eating during the service because you're cool. Cool. I I guess you could drink Starbucks and worship God at the same time. Some of you would help. It'd wake you up. (laughs) It's better than yawning. What I get afraid of is flippancy. So casual. God's not cool. God is awesome. God is going to dissolve all of creation. And out of 7 billion people on the planet of the earth now, I would say at least 6 billion of them will be going to hell. Why aren't you? Let me read to you what Tozer said. The low view of God entertained almost universally among Christians is the cause of a hundred lesser evils everywhere among us. With our loss of the sense of majesty has come the further loss of religious awe and consciousness of the divine presence. We have lost our spirit of worship And our ability to withdraw inwardly to meet God in adoring silence. Modern Christianity is simply not producing the kind of a Christian who can appreciate or experience the life in the spirit. The words be still and know that I'm God mean next to nothing. To the self-confident, slick, bustling worshiper in this middle period. Of the 20th century. Of course, now he's been dead for years. And what we've lost in our reverence of God, our churches are dying in a desert land. What is worship that moves the heart, that bows the knee? that daubs the tears, and that's overwhelmed, that I'm in the presence of the living God, and he's to be feared, to be honored. My breath is in his hand. My eternal destiny's in his hand. He's no little flippant Santa Claus. He's an awesome God that is going to dissolve all of creation. Joseph <clears throat> said the famous words, What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And if I all of a sudden, we just had an open board meeting and I flipped up here, God. Just God. And I said, let's start writing down what what first comes to your mind when we say God. What comes here? Because you can create an idol in your mind because you can make an image of God that's not true of himself. You've created an idol. What do you think of when you think of God? And so he says, if you've listened to God, if you've responded to his gracious appeal to you, I'm saying first be grateful to him that he would even talk to us. Two, let's offer him acceptable worship. Remember he told Israel... You draw nigh to me with your lips, but your heart's far from me. The immoral woman of Proverbs 7, she tells the guy, Hey, come on over. My husband's out of town. I've gone to the temple. I've done my religious deeds. Let's commit adultery. Proverbs 7. I'm in good standing at temple. I'm in good standing. I look good. It doesn't matter who I sleep with because my religion doesn't affect my morals. It doesn't affect my behavior. I'm in good standing. I even donate once in a while and I go at least twice a year. I'm a religious person, but I've lost the awe of God. I've lost the fear of God. If I ask you, when's the last time you felt afraid of God? give you an example. I like to swim, but I'm afraid of water. What do you mean by that? I'm supposed to play with grandchildren. I love the ocean if I've got a boogie board. A boogie board and three life preservers. Because I don't trust myself against the current. You see, it's a fun recreation, but I fear what it can do to me. I'm not that good a swimmer. I better stay afraid of it. I'd be a dead man, easily. I'm nearly drowned about three times. I know what it is to think this is the last breath. And you better get a good dose of that towards God. You don't worship a God you're flippant with. But if you don't even know how to define him, that's where if I had my chance, I would set up theology proper in this Platform, You expect sermons, but what you need to know is you know very little about God. The man and woman in the pew don't know his attributes. They don't know his essence. They don't know his nature. They don't know how to define the Trinity. And we're living in ignorance and recycling music and hope we can gender worship. Worship is coming to adore, bow, estimate, and appraise the immense declaration of who he is who he is and we're doing little sermons we got to do a good friendly sermon and get you out on time no ignorance is killing us we don't know who he is i had to go to seminary to find out how to define god and i couldn't come up with a definition but oh we think we know god we do not very well i know just the tenor of our worship i uh one of our brothers said to me today You know, I was talking to a man, he was asking about your church, and he asked me for my input, and he said, well, I know we don't pray like we used to. Why you don't need to pray. God doesn't hear you anyway. It's a waste of time. We need more programming. We need more busyness. We need more bodies. We need more money. We need more God. We need more God. He's the one that's missing in our churches. This reverential awe of him. We're not going to the clubhouse. I'm going to worship the living God. And it's different than any other meeting. Different than any other meeting. Are you a worshiper? God said, I seek people to worship me. I got a lot of folks telling me what to do to be God. I'm looking for somebody that says, you're doing great, God. I just want to worship you. You're wonderful. He goes on and says we ought to worship him with reverence and awe. You know I, I thought you would appreciate this so I looked it up. Ah. Does anyone ever say that was awesome? I'm not looking. That was awesome. Mom that was awesome peanut butter. It was awesome that the warriors won. Let's hope they let LeBron keep playing. Not LeBron, but Green. Hope they don't put him out. Awesome. Listen to what awesome means. American Heritage Dictionary. It means a mixed emotion or reverence, respect, dread, and wonder, inspired as by authority, genius, and great beauty, or might. That couldn't be compared to a sandwich. Your girlfriend doesn't even fit this. A genius. What is she going with you for? Genius. Uh, wonder inspired by authority. Great beauty. Eh, she might do good there. Might. Authority. I'm in the presence of genius, authority, greatness. It's so indescribable. I can only say it fills me with awe. So we get our word awful that took on a negative meaning. Awful is this word, dictionary, extremely bad or unpleasant, terrible. That's how our vernacular works. This is the original commanding or inspiring awe. Filled with awe. Filled with or displaying great reverence. And so when you said it's awful, originally they meant it's so full of awe. It's full. It's awful. Then it came to be negative. And so he says, if you're hearing God, if you received his son Jesus, God's not asking you to make payments on the kingdom to come. He wants you to respond to him. He said, I'm an awesome God. Do you know that? Do you treat him like he's awesome? Then he says, just because he offers his grace, he hasn't lost the character of being a consuming fire. This is no God to mess with. He will consume the earth, he will consume his enemies, the dross will go away. He is still the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's still the God of Sinai. He's still the God of creation. And though he's spoken gracefully and humbly in Jesus, remember, he's still God. He hasn't lost any of his holiness, any of his character. Come before him. Psalms 95. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the God, our maker. For we are the sheep of his pasture. Come, let us worship and bow down. You know what? The greatest meetings we've ever had in this church is when the church worshipped. The greatest thing about our church is when we had prayer meetings where only ten of us showed up, but we worship. As a Pentecostal boy, we used to always attend prayer meetings before church. We did. We were in Pinole, but you outgrow things that are effective. You get busy. So why well, pray? And, uh, but I remember as a boy, especially in Carolyn's uncle's church in Concord, the prayer meeting often was better than the service because you got clean. It was you and the Lord. It was vertical, vertical. You got clean. You got before God. And you weren't waiting for a preacher to get you to think God was great. You weren't waiting on the choir. You and God settle that. Is he awesome? Is he to be revered, adored, feared? Is he a God that you could say, I will forever be grateful? I used to always say that about my children. If you would just save my daughters. Many a preacher's kid goes wild. And I used to always say, would you save them? I'll forever thank you in heaven. I don't need him to save daughters to be forever grateful. To save him means enough. But he did answer my prayer. And I've got praises to give him. That's why it's going to take eternity. You'll just get started. 10,000 years and we'll just be started. I want to ask you here, are you someone here that you've heard a lot of sermons, but you're still lost? You've evaluated a lot of preachers, but you've never heard God. One time someone asked McGee, do you ever hear your sermons? He said, I wouldn't walk across the street to hear myself preach. I'm hoping my audience hears God. Not a a boy from Oklahoma, That sounds corny to a young generation. It's the word of God that you've got to hear. Can you hear God? Is God talking to you? Father, I pray for those today, both saved and unsaved, who may not be hearing the voice of God. You tell us as churchmen, hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And I hear you saying to that unsaved, person that's never come to Christ hear me I want to save you I want to give you eternal life I want to give you a share of an eternal kingdom that will never pass away never pass away father give us an ear to hear and to obey and to do may we not just keep hearing religious talk religious jargon, verses, illustrations and preachers loud and soft and all of a sudden we're immune from the voice that's talking. Give us an ear to hear lest we perish, lest we perish when you shake everything in creation and there'll be nothing that will last but your word and your kingdom. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that for some here today our names have been written down and we become heirs of a kingdom that shall never pass away. Thank you, thank you. The trials of this life are momentary and light in comparison to the eternal weight of glory that is coming to us. We bless your name. We bless your name. Bring us back tonight to keep your word. Meet together. Celebrate those willing to go public with their faith and to do what the Lord Jesus said. Take this cup, break this bread, and just do what I tell you. Remember me until I come again. We plan to do it by your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. As we conclude our time together today, we would invite you to contact us if you have questions, comments about the broadcast. Maybe you have a question about your own walk and relationship with the Lord or a prayer request. We'd love to hear from you. Please get in touch with us today. We have a couple of ways to do so. The easiest might be simply visiting our website, truthfortodayradio.org. You can drop us an email. We have other means of contact that you'll find there at truthfortodayradio.org. We also have a lot of resource materials available for your growth and relationship with Christ. Our design and desire is to see that you grow in Christ, grow according to his knowledge and grace. Any way we can help, well, that's why we're here. So stop by truthfortodayradio.org or simply give us a call. 855-833-9864. 855-833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. Please bear in mind as you contact us that this is a listener-supported ministry. As you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. Prayerfully consider how you might get involved in the ministry of Truth For Today, won't you? 855 855- or write to us. Our address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue Suite 278 Hercules, California The zip code is 94547 And that website once again truthfortodayradio.org It is a pleasure spending time with you in God's Word. We trust we'll see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.